yesterday when Father Matthew contacted me about what happened with his brother, I was preparing to speak on death because sometimes it can come so unexpectedly. And then after reading this passage, I went, wow. No, the Lord is talking about heaven. Remember, death is not an end. Death is just a transition to a new beginning. We pray for John Paul, the brother of Father Matthew. If any of you have the honor of knowing Father Matthew's family, he's amazing. It's an amazing family. We have 10 children. Father Matthew's dad is a doctor. And when we were going through the issue with my mom, he was more present to me than our actually family doctor. And texting and calling and checking up. His father's quite a man. He went down to Chile to meet Father Matthew's mother when he was in college. Actually, he didn't know where he went down there. And they started this beautiful family. Their family's so amazing. They actually went to, moved to Hansville, Alabama to be near EWTN. That's the kind of family that they are. So when we lose a member, it's easy to see sorrow. And as Christians, we are allowed to grieve. But we never want to lose sight of the hope of what death as a transition brings. And that is the gospel passage today. It is about heaven. And so <clears throat> Revelation describes to us about heaven. And here the Gospel of John describes to us about heaven. He says there are many dwelling places. He's building a mansion for us in heaven. So help that mansion be built. Every time you go through a suffering, every time you go through a trial, or that you do a sacrifice or a penance, as I've always said, Give a brick to Our Lady and have her build your mansion. I can only imagine the pain and the sorrow that the Tomini family is going through right now. And for us as his brothers to see that sorrow, let us give the bricks of our sorrow, our penances and our sacrifices and our trials and our tribulations, back to the Blessed Brother to build that mansion, not only for us, but for John Paul, that God will have mercy on his soul. You know, the book of Revelation describes our final destiny of the Blessed called the New Jerusalem. You've probably heard the term. It includes, it says, this is in the Bible talks about a description, and we know from church tradition and from theologians and mystics and saints, that it includes gates made out of giant pearls, streets made out of gold, and foundations made out of precious stones that are emerald green. You know, I always wondered if that was why the Wizard of Oz 
showed Oz as the emerald green. Everything was green. That's traditionally heaven, the emerald green city like Oz. Now in the Bible, this is Revelation 21:16. The city is described as a giant cube, 12,000 stadia, which is basically 1,400 miles wide and 1,400 miles tall. It says 12,000 stadia. Again, that's in Revelation 21, 16. These new, this new Jerusalem, as it explains, these measures are symbolic, not physical. But the walls protecting the city are only 144 cubits. That's only 216 feet tall. Both numbers are symbolic. The 12,000 means the 12 patriarchs and the 12 apostles. 12 times 12, 144, with 144 being that total, 12 times 12. The new Jerusalem, as is described, is also the church. This is why we come together as the church to pray for John Paul. So heaven, instead of talking about death, let's talk about heaven. What is it like? Is it a physical place? In one sense, yes, because at the end of time, we will receive our bodies back. And for our bodies, which are real, for us to have them, there's got to be some physicality. But the church teaches heaven is primarily a state of being rather than a physical place. Heaven is actually in the heart. That's why Jesus says the kingdom of God is in your midst. And it begins here on earth and then is fulfilled in heaven with the beatific vision. After death, we pray that us and our loved ones will experience that beatific vision. Heaven is in our heart because God is dwelling in us and with us. God is acting through us. In fact, when we are in a state of grace, unaware of any grave sin, we are living the life of heaven here on earth. And if you're not, if you're aware of grave sin, go to confession. This is biblical. Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 18, 18, John 20, 23. You know, Revelation 21, in that passage or that chapter, John is shown this new Jerusalem. He says, quote, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling of God is with men. This indicates that after our general resurrection, our existence will still be embodied we have a body and earthly in a sense. Earth is not taken up to heaven, but the city of God, John tells us, descends to earth and God dwells among men. The church is a foretaste of this, even though we are sinners. That is why the church right now is being purified. 
The church has to be purified so that God can fully dwell in his bride to be it consummated. This is the church fathers. We will be purified. It is starting now. The church is going through her Good Friday. The sin is being exposed and weeded out. Will we then be able to sin in heaven? No. But if not, if we can't sin in heaven, then do we have free will? Do we have free will? God is free and sinless. God is without sin and totally has free will. God is free and sinless. So when you are perfectly aligned with God's will, so will you be free and sinless. We have a freedom in heaven not to sin. Actually, that's what true freedom is. You're not enslaved to sin. So many are enslaved to drugs or pornography or whatever it is that enslaves you, money or food or gluttony. When we are in heaven, we're broken free. That's the purpose of purgatory. Purgatory is not for the forgiveness of sins. Dozens of non-Catholics write me this, accusing me of this all the time. You're saying that purgatory has to do the work and you're saying Jesus didn't do on the cross. No, we are not. Purgatory is not for the forgiveness of sins. You are forgiven for sin on this earth. Once you die, that's it. And that's why we have confession. Purgatory is for purification for the consequences of the sins we've done. And then to be detached so that when we are detached for our enslavement to sin, drugs or alcohol or whatever it may be, we are free in heaven. That is true freedom. That means no more of that. Freedom isn't doing whatever we want to do. Freedom is the ability to do what you ought to do. That's why we in the West now losing our freedoms, taking away the preservation of religious liberty, we're losing our freedom. Freedom is the right that I ought to be able to worship God on Sunday. It's the ability to do what I ought to do, what I should do. Not whatever I want to do, go kill somebody. That's license and that's chaos. Father, or uh, um, Cardinal Ratzinger warns us against this. And you know what interesting else he taught us? He said, don't think of heaven on earthly terms. Don't think of it as an extension of life prettied up with eternal picnics and doing your favorite hobbies. These will get boring. That's not what heaven is. And I thought, you know, heaven's going to be, I'm going to get to go fishing every day. That's not what it is. It's not. What is it? You will behold the face of God. Each person will see and comprehend God and the beatific vision in accordance with his own capacity that was given to him by the state of grace that they were in in their moment of death. Now, if somebody dies without being in the state of grace, we pray for their soul. We pray. I do not know the state of the soul of John Paul, nor is it my job to know it. God does. And if he was in a state of grace, praise be to God, eternal life. And if he wasn't, we beg the mercy of God. 
so that we will all be together in heaven. That is our goal as Marians, to get every one of you, not just our brothers here in the community, our priests and brothers, not just our biological families like John Paul, but you as the ones God sent to us as our brothers and sisters. So to finish, this is how we will see heaven. The moment of death, we will have a small shot glass or a giant 55-gallon drum. Each person will experience heaven in a different way, but all will be filled completely. If you are able to make it to heaven, but yet you were not a Mother Teresa or a John Paul, you'll have a shot glass, but you will be filled to the brim with grace. The shot glass is just the size that you were open to all the grace God poured on you. If you are like Mother Teresa, we're speaking of his namesake, John Paul II, you'll have a great big vessel, which is filled to the brim with the grace of God. So the state of grace that you are in is determined by both the gift of God's grace, how much grace he gave you. And if you are watching this right now, he is giving you a whole bunch of grace. If you're sitting in this pew, God is giving you a whole bunch of grace because you were brought here. Up to you how you receive that. How much to you that you cooperated with that grace during your life? Did you receive that grace? If you did, your vessel is going to grow bigger. That's why the Bible tells us we need the grace of God. Yes, that's the only way to heaven. But we must cooperate with that grace. That's what we mean by works. Not donating money or washing our hands or doing the law. It's works of love. How did we receive that grace of God? So the church teaches that heaven is experienced differently by different individuals based on what they did in this life and how much they open themselves to God's love. That's why how much people will recognize you in heaven, as I've said before, is how much your face will shine with the light of God, how much you reflected Christ to other people. The example of this perfect example par excellence, Mary, Mary. This is the gift. She was the perfect disciple. But at any rate, we do catch a glimpse of the glory that awaits us. Just all you have to do is read about the transfiguration. God showed us a glimpse in, our, in a glorified state what heaven is like. So as I was saying, there are multi-lovers of heaven. This means that not all angels and saints are equal. Not all people will receive the same reward. There are levels of heaven. And some say, well, Father, I will not be happy. I get this is one of very common questions I get. I will not be happy in heaven if my children and my brothers and sisters and my pets are not there. I will not be happy. But as I said before, Revelation 21.4 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. So missing our loved ones would fall under this category of pain or mourning and God will wipe that away. So our focus should be on bringing our loved ones to Christ and praying for them.
We do this so that they will be in heaven rather than worrying about whether or not they will be there and whether or not we can be happy if they're not there. This is the only advice I can give to families who are grieving. This is the Bible. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas said a great quote. A lot of people reject God and reject heaven because of the suffering they're going through on this earth. Now, I know the Tomini family well enough to know their faith is not shaken by the loss of John Paul. But I meet many, many others whose faith is, and it's understandably. In fact, I just said yesterday at our table in the Marian refectory that for the first time in my life, and this was before I even learned the news of John Paul, there was a woman who came to me that lost both of her sons to suicide within six weeks. And she had prayed for them and prayed for them and prayed for them. And both of them suffered tremendously. And both took their lives within six weeks of each other. And for the first time I ever heard myself say at the dinner table, I can halfway understand why that woman would turn away from religion and turn away from God. Now, does that mean that is the right answer? Of course not. Does that mean that I would ever tell anybody that that's okay? Of course not. But you can halfway understand that their faith would be so shaken. How could there be a God if he allowed both of my sons to go through that? And then I found this quote from Thomas Aquinas, and it made me realize, no, we do have to keep our faith. We do. Thomas Aquinas said, and this was because this woman had said that her sons had struggled so much. This woman that I met said that they had gone through the worst lives, just the pain and the suffering that they had endured. One was handicapped. The other was severe depression and anxiety. And then I found this quote. Thomas Aquinas said, man will rise again. Although we have defect on this earth, man will rise again without any defect of human nature. Because as God founded human nature without a defect, even so will he restore it without defect. To me, that gives all the hope because no matter what suffering, what trials, what pain, what agony, what depression, what anxiety that we are going through, those defects are gone when we get to heaven. Now that doesn't mean that we should, like these two sons, we ask for God's mercy on them. Doesn't mean that we end our life. What it means is 
we do our best to trust in God that there's something greater. And John Paul and the Tomini family, we pray for John Paul that there is eternal reward and something greater. So death, the last enemy of God, was defeated when he resurrected. And we too, when we die, pray that we, the body, will follow where the head, Jesus, has gone before us. Jesus resurrected to defeat death. We, too, the body, pray that we will be resurrected like him and be, have, and be given everlasting life. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.